Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, thanks for being here this morning, and if it's your first time with us, you know, last week we started, we started this, this series called When Pigs Fly, and I know it's a catchy title, but, you know, we're looking, we're really diving into the one and only God, the one and only God who breathes life into existence, it literally spits out the universes and galaxies and does miracles right here. I know it's kind of hard to fathom. But we just don't want this to be something we read about in the Bible or tell stories about and just pass them on like, like little old stories. But we wanted to see something remarkably more where God did and God does and God's going to do something called a miracle. And, and, and today is a special day simply because we have just crafted this moment, this service, this, this idea about what's about to take place. And, and maybe you're the, your first time here and you're like, what is about to happen? Are we going to kill a chicken or something? You know, it, no, that's not us. And we're not passing out snakes neither. That's definitely not us. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to encounter God and we're just going to bask in his glory. And we're going to ask him to move, move us from here to there in a way that, that actually allows us to see what the natural looks like. Not just so much the supernatural, but the natural. I think it's kind of funny that, that we call out for the supernatural when it's really natural for him. You know, we get caught up in this, this language and we live in a religious area called Kentucky where we get caught up in, 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 in just language. It's interesting to think that we call out to God for the supernatural to happen when we serve a God that, that we're, we're, what we're asking for is actually kind of natural to him. Maybe what we should be doing is asking for the natural to begin happening all around us because when we draw near to him, just like James 4, James 4, 8, it says clearly, draw near to me and I will what? Draw near to you. See, James was on to something. This is the brother of Jesus, Right? Maybe we should draw near to him in a way that allows us to see the natural become reality. Things should become different because he left us all this power and all this authority when he left earth. Matthew 10, 1, it says he tells us to heal others and drive out impure spirits in people's lives. Yet we just go to church and tell the pastor to do it. And see, this is natural to him. And it should be to us. It should be like, Waking up, going to bed, the clicking of the clock, whatever it may be in your life, it should just be a walk down the sidewalk. It should become a natural rhythm, just like your heart is beating just right now. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. If we are doing what he says, it will become a natural part of who we are. Miracles will happen as we just walk and breathe because we'll start to see things differently. Now, last week, we, we begin the series by talking about God's power, just to bring everybody up to speed. We, we talked about God's power over the forces of darkness and how God is, is a miraculous God, and he gives you the authority over darkness. Amen? Come on now. And we're a little quiet this morning. Come on. He gives us a power over that, right? Good stuff right there. I don't, I don't like the dark some days, just to be honest with you. Uh, but we are fighting with, with, with our, 
you know, we're, we're not fighting this with our own power, but we're, we're fighting this with the same power that raised Jesus to life over darkness from that grave. Now, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't, I don't know what will, okay? Uh, but next week, what we're going to do is talk about how, how God has the power to protect us, and, and sometimes our plans don't align with God's plans, which turns out to be a miracle in the working because of where we are today. And I hope you'll be there next week simply because of what it's about to take place with that, that moment in this sermon time, this talk time that we have together. But more importantly, next week, if you didn't hear earlier from Amy and Jeff, but next week is, is our gobble gobble give day. And some people are going to look at it as a miracle in the bacon. I don't know how you serve that many meals in 20 minutes, man. We're going to do it, though, and we're going to knock it out of the park, and we're going to, it's going to be an amazing day. And I hope you'll be a part of that. But for the rest of our time together this morning, what I want to do is talk about miracles that have the potential to really build your faith up this morning. And hopefully by the end of our time, we will see pigs fly. Okay? I know it sounds fun, and it's going to be. Here's, here's something beautiful I just want to lean in this morning and just share. I was driving home last week, and don't tell me my kids don't pay attention. They, they, they do. My son was, was playing Minecraft, and, and, and those who know Minecraft, there's actually this little piggy that flies, and my son goes, look, Dad, pigs do fly, and I'm like, I'm looking around, and I'm like, you know, he's trying to explain this to me, I was kind of busy, there's the confession point, I was kind of busy blowing him off, I blew him off three times, he said, no, Dad, look, pigs fly, and that one little moment in the truck, he showed me something, kids are watching us. And they're seeing if it's true when we respond to them. What's about to happen today, man? I just hope and pray that it multiplies through your children's children. Because God's real. He's so real. And I hope you experience him today in a way that redefines your relationship with him. And so we're going to dive into this, this message. And we're going to talk about how the faith of what you're about to experience, how your faith, your belief, and what you really believe can change everything. And, and so we, we, we used this language last week, a miracle. And, and, and I think we use the miracle word way too much, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. We, we use it like when our team wins a, a game in the last second play. We, you know, we, we say things like, it's a miracle, right? Or we found that parking space at the very front, at the very beginning. You know, we say things like, it's, it's a miracle, especially with Black Friday coming up. You know, we say things, oh, it's a miracle. I found the size. I found it. I found it. And some of you, let's just be honest, you know, your wife, okay, or that girl that you're with, um, she actually went out with you, and now she's called your wife. Now, that's really a miracle, okay? Those are, those are some moments, you know, no question about it. That was a funny joke. I thought it was. I even talked to my wife, you know? But seriously, though, if, if I could ask you one question to just to launch this moment this morning. Um, how, many, how many of you would believe that our God has the power to heal the sick, and to make it healthy again, just by a show of hands. What about this one? What about, does God have the power to do miraculous a moment and heal you from whatever's holding you back and hostage in life? Let's see those hands go up. See, this is what I know. If you didn't raise your hand, 
You either don't believe, too embarrassed, or don't know. And I hope by the end of our time, you'll come to believe in a God who, who, how he wants you to be in a relationship with him through your faith. And, and, and I totally believe God does miracles and has been doing them from the start of time and potentially has to do one today through you. And what he's trying to do is draw you near. But you got to be ready and to receive it. And I think this word, this, this word, this idea, this miracle word, some people would even possibly phrase it this way, you know, and, and that we just, we undermine the word. I think some would say us being here on this planet is a miracle. And, you know, our life form, right? Um, being perfectly placed in our solar system on its axis at 23 and a half degrees, right? It, it's a miracle, right? You know, third rock from the sun, right? It's, yeah, and I would say no. You know, God uniquely placed this and mapped it out for us, and, and he put us back into a position so we can reflect the one who created us. You see, miracles for our definition would be where God intervenes into your life and has changed something dramatically or radically that changes everything around you. We've often said it like this, and a lot of people know it here in the law. When Jesus enters the house, everything changes. That's right. And so my prayer is this morning, the miracle happens that everything changes. If, if we just open up our Bible and read it, maybe we could find some miracles in the Bible. But this is what I've learned about miracles in reading and understanding and just diving into the scriptures and the text. Where miracles are, there's certainly God is. There's just no cutting it. There's no, no way of denying it. Where miracles are placed, there's certainly God is. And what we know is there is over 125 recorded moments of miracles in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament combined. And there's hundreds of other ones that probably didn't get recorded, but these are the ones that are like, we need to write this one down, okay? And so here's one from 1 Samuel 1, 19 and 20. It says where uh, Elkanah uh, slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time, she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, for, the, for, for she said, I asked for the Lord for him. See, Hannah wanted nothing more than to be a mom, and for years, she suffered with infertility, and her desire to have a child of her own affected her faith, and her husband, Elkanah, tried everything to make Hannah happy. And Hannah didn't give up, though. Even under the the heaviness of the harsh words from others around her, she held on to her faith, and Hannah prayed a bold prayer, asking God for a miracle. And God responded through the prophet Eli, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for in 1 Samuel 1.17. And Hannah experienced the miracle of birth in her son, Samuel. And she did something, and she dedicated him to a life of service to the Lord, which changed everything for us. Another example uh, of a miracle was, was when Elijah, uh, Elijah raises a, a widowed woman's boy from the dead. Elijah was walking with this woman. He was a sojourner with her. And when, when her son dies and, and he grabs, he literally grabs the boy and prays over the boy. In 1 Kings 17, 21 through 23, it says, Then he stretched himself upon the child three times, and he cried to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And, and, the, and the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. 
And the life of the child came into him again, and, and, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And dead to life. And then there was this guy named uh, Hezekiah. And his, and his miracle was where he became sick and he was dying. And he wanted to live and he wanted more out of his life. And he cried out to God for a miracle. And God answered him through a prophet Isaiah. 2 Kings 24 through 5, it says, And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle of the court, the word of the Lord came to him, Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears, and behold, I will heal you. You see, we can read miracle after miracle and after miracle of healing in the Old Testament of how God intervened through his people and healed others. And then we get to the New Testament, and there's like 30 different miracles that Jesus healed people of sicknesses in their body. We also know that there's hundreds of other miracles, but we know that Jesus shows compassion on people and his love, and he opened up the blind eyes, he, he healed the deaf ears, and he, and he made the lame to walk. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is where he raised the dead to life. I mean, come on, there's just no other explanation for those things, right? I mean, Lazarus, come on, you know the story. He'd been dead for three days, and he just goes up to the grave, he says, Lazarus, come out. And then we have a mummy walk. I mean, if you don't know what that is, he's wrapped up in mummy stuff, and he's hopping on out. I mean, can you imagine that? That would freak you out. Let's be honest. You would say, what is this? That's a miracle, and everybody there knew it. And the question is, is, if that happened in our life, what would you do? You see, we know his disciples also healed people. And those who were lame in the name of Jesus, they flat out went to Jesus to declare it. And at the gate of beautiful, if you remember that, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We, we know that Peter and John said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. And immediately, immediately his legs became strong. They didn't give him what he wanted. They gave him what he needed. We know that Paul did all kinds of miracles from healing, even raising a person from the dead. You see, someone fell asleep during a sermon. I know some of mine are kind of long, but come on. Paul's must have been a lot longer. But he was on the third floor just like this, and he fell out a window. That's why we're moving to the first floor, by the way. <laughs> you know, and, and we... We just don't need any more accidents, you know. But here, here's a dude that fell asleep during a sermon, and Paul prays over him and comes back to life. You see, the bottom line is this. I tell you all these stories simply because of this. I believe in a God that has the power to heal, and he gives us that power as well. In fact, this is what Jesus said in the Gospel of John. John 14, 12. If you want to write a verse down today, this might be your verse that you need to record in your Bible, on your U version or whatever you got. John 14, 12 says this, very truly I tell you, whoever, what? Say it with me, church. Whoever, Please. come on, that was weak. Whoever Please. in me will do the works I have been doing. Did you catch that? The works that he's been doing, the things that he's walking with, doing and, and just loving on people, you have the power now to do. Because it says this, not even you have the power to do it, but you're going to do more. It says, and they will do even greater things than these 
because I'm going on to the Father and I'm going to bless them. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you everything I have and then some. You just got to what? What happens then? Well, what happens? Is, is, is it become more or less like a moment like when we find out some, maybe some child things from Christmas, Easter, maybe even that little thing that flies around and collects teeth? Do we, do we go down that road and just it becomes a fairy tale moment and it's just like we just lean in and do the culture thing because that's what we've been taught? Or is it something you truly believe in? that can change your life and others around you because it says in that scripture, and I will do even greater things than these through you. What is it? Whoever believes. See, what did Jesus do? He heals the sick, right? And I believe the same power that healed the sick when Jesus walked on the earth can heal the sick today. And God does it through the faithful prayers of his people. We serve a God to whom all things are possible and a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask for. Think or, or imagine according to his power that is with, with work within you, the church. Not the church in the steeple. No, you, the church, the people. You see, we believe in a God who does miracles and he gives us that same power to do it. And when we pray in Jesus' name to see that miracle, it should come to pass, right? Come on, right? Then why does it seem sometimes that our prayers go unheard? Mmm, that just deflated everything, didn't it? That's like, you're going, yeah, you're going down, it's 2, 20, 10, 5, and I reverse it. Fumble! It's a horrible football analogy, but that's okay. How come we can pray and those things don't go answered? How come that we pray for that person to be healed and that person dies? Why is it that we gathered around my mother-in-law's bed when we first got married and then a couple days later she passed away? How come that your son, the addict, You've prayed over here for years and you give him everything in the world to come clean, but yet he can't get away from it. How come that mom who wants a baby never gets it? She just wants to to have a son or a daughter and give birth and she can never conceive. And you've prayed for years. What about you've prayed for years to meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. And it's just never happened. You see, we prayed and it did not happen. And you begin to ask yourself, is it something I've done? Is it some kind of sin in my life that, that I'm holding to? And honestly, the Christian culture that I live in, we don't know how to act sometimes. And what we say is kind of stupid, if I can use that word this morning. We say things that are just inappropriate. You got to get rid of that sin before God will bless you. Have you ever heard that one? Or maybe you feel like you didn't pray right. And so someone starts to ask you, how are you praying, man, brother? Come on, how are you praying? Maybe you're praying more towards yourself. Now, that was the Casey County version of country. (laughs) Or possibly, 
Or possibly they'll say something like, well, you're just doing it all. You need to go to my church. What? <laughs> What'd you say? I thought we were all part of the church. I thought we just, you know, we just worship differently and that's cool. We're just the church. So I, go, I get healing from your church. Okay. I can't find that in my Bible. And it just confuses the people around us looking for that miracle, looking for that pig to fly, and yet maybe it's even us. And see, what I want you to know is this. Our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. He doesn't. And you're like, well, that's, that's rude. But it, it's true. If he gave you everything you ever wanted, come on, you wouldn't be here. You would have no need of a savior. It's just that simple. Our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. There are multiple times in scripture where God does not heal or come through like we want him to. Even with his own disciples, even with the apostle Paul had something he had been praying over. He calls a thorn in his side. And we don't know for sure what this was or this moment, but most scholars all agree and have guessed it was bad eyesight. And what we do know is Paul pleaded three times or more that it was more than just a small, simple prayer. It was more like a prayer retreat or fasting in prayer and an ongoing pursuit of pleading out to God, take this away. And Paul was like, I know you can, and I've been doing things through your name, and please, God, take this away from me. Heal me, God. Don't you hear me? I'm your, I am your vessel. And God says, nope. <laughs> nope. I, I know I could, but I'm not going to, Paul. In this case, what I'm going to show you is, is that my grace is going to be sufficient enough for you. See, our God, our God, he, he often does heal, but, but when he doesn't, how do we deal with that? It's going to be huge on how our faith is developed in this relationship with Jesus. So I want you to, I want you to, to, to look into why Jesus didn't do miracles and, and why we can find, you know, some maybe three or four reasons why he didn't do them. And, and scripture reveals those to us. And so something, if you're taking notes on this morning, maybe this idea of Jesus refused to perform miracles. Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself. He, he didn't have to prove himself. You see, in Mark 8, 11, and 12, it says, the Pharisees came and began to question him, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. And, and I love how he does it. He just, he sighs deeply. <sighs> You know, you can almost read into this, and, you know, it's just kind of funny. I've done all this stuff, but you're asking for something more. And and why does this generation ask for a sign? I feel like we're living right now in that moment, right? I do. I really do. Surely, I tell you, no sign will be given it to you. I mean, I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do this to clarify who I am, because I am who I am, right? See, he refuses to perform miracles to prove himself. See, we ask for miracles to prove Jesus is real in, in real life situations right now. And Jesus fires back, I'm not going to do miracles to prove myself. I do miracles that are in line with the heart of God. And sometimes we're so out of line of God 
we just ask for things that are not in line. We don't even know what we're asking for. We're so far off-centered, we're selfishly asking for things. The second one, if you're taking notes, Jesus never performed miracles that interfered with God's ultimate plan. You see, Judas betrayed Jesus. And if you remember that story, when everybody's coming to, to arrest Jesus in the garden that night, and there was a moment, and, and it just sort of took place where, where Peter's trying to defend Jesus, and he's, I, I can't imagine how just, you know, if you think a briskly big, huge dude from Lincoln County down the holler somewhere, you know, and it comes out of the woods, and he's got his farming, you know, jacket on and his, and his big rifle and maybe a machete. That's Peter, okay? And so, you know, Peter's standing in front of Jesus, and he just says, you know, God got this, Jesus! Ah! And he takes his big sword, and, you know, and takes the sword away and cuts this dude's ear off. One of the soldiers, I got it, I got it. And, you know, you can almost see Jesus, ah. You know, and I love what it says in Matthew 26, 53. And it says this, don't you realize that I could ask for my father for thousands of angels to protect us right now? I don't know if you've ever watched Lord of the Rings, but, you know, there's a moment where all these, you know, these, these, spirits are, are there to just take on this other army and they just they literally wipe them out and that's just one legion by the way and at the disposal of Jesus there's like seven legions and I'm like this is awesome that's what it looks like top seven I've always wondered what it looked like but here's this moment like I could ask for thousands and thousands of angels to protect us and and he would send them instantly not like you know tomorrow he would do it right now But if I did, here it is in verse 54, but if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? And so in that moment, Jesus does a miracle, and in another moment, when it would interfere with God's ultimate plan, he withholds the miracle. He reaches down and grabs that ear and puts it back on and says, it's healed. You can hear. You see, we might not understand it, but we have to trust this plan is bigger than us. Number three, and I find this the most telling of them all why Jesus didn't do miracles. And, and let's just be honest, it comes back to us. Jesus didn't do miracles where they had no faith. Where there was no faith, he didn't show up. Matthew 13, 58, it says, in quote, And he did not do any miracles. He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Lack of faith. You see, we have to understand that our faith moves the heart of God. And our faith matters to God. When you you pray in faith, it touches the heart of God. And I believe this, you know, the circle maker, we did that a couple years ago and this idea of praying and honoring God. And I believe bold prayers honor God and God honors those bold prayers. I simply believe it because I've seen it. And I've watched it even in my own life. A bold prayer. Not these little, you know, let's just have a good day. I'm talking a big, huge, bold prayer that stretches your faith. That's when God shows up and does something remarkably more, more than you can possibly imagine through you. 
You see, when Jesus saw bold faith, he always was amazed and he responded. He, respond, he gravitated towards faith. And from when the blind man screams out, have mercy on me, Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Mark 10, 52. The, the man with leprosy, he fell at Jesus' feet and he worshipped him because he knew who he was. Jesus responds, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In Luke 17, 19. And one of the more remarkable stories recorded is when a woman who did not stop bleeding for 12 years, man, you talk about being tired, reaches out and touches not him, but his what? Garment, his cloak, his his clothes. And Jesus immediately knows his powers has left him, and she simply he simply responds with daughter, not woman. Daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go. You're now clean. Mark 5, 34. You see, when I read these scriptures, the one thing that continues to impress is, is Jesus is, is, is our faith and is our rescue. And when our faith in him, it, it moves us closer to him. And I believe it moves God closer to us. And when it comes to your faith, it is, is big. Is it big or bold? Big and bold? Or is it small and meek? Is it big and bold and huge? Can people see it? Or is it just small and meek and just teeny weeny? Which one is it? You see, because we just said it. Your faith moves the heart of God. Your faith moves the heart of God. And scripture says faith as small as what? A mustard seed can move a mountain. Some of you are like, what? I don't know what type of mountain you have in your life, but I know that a mustard seed is really, really small. And in that seed, there's enough potential to move the heart of God. And that's all that matters. But do you believe? Do you believe in it? In Mark 9, there was a story in the scripture of a dad who was in pain, who was in agony, who was in distress because his son was hurting and, and has been living in this possessed and, and demon moment of all of his life and causes him to gnashing of teeth. And I don't know what really gnashing of teeth looks like. I mean, I've seen some weird things, but like constantly grinding and rawr, you know, it's just kind of a weird moment. But he, this is what he lived with his entire life. And, and this desperate dad wants to believe that Jesus can help, but he doesn't want to get his hopes up so high. I mean, this evil spirit even tried to kill him multiple times by throwing him in fire. And like Jesus shows up and says, like, what's going on? Well, why has this dude been living this way all of his life? And this guy says, I- I've been wanting to get him to you, Jesus. But I, I don't know if you're going to heal him or not. You know? I don't know if it's going to work or not. Because I'm kind of unbelieving at this moment. And Jesus, almost, you can almost see it in the scriptures. like, do you know who I am? Why did you bring him to me in the first place? Do you know who I am? Why, why are you doing this? And he basically, right before this, he says, you, you, you basically unbelieving generation. You, you, you guys, you know who I am, but you don't even believe. You know what I, I just... I just made water into wine for everybody. Y'all partied hardy. You know, I just did that. I healed the sick. I, I, I've healed the blind. I've even raised this and did that. And now you bring me this? This, come, this is nothing. Seriously? It all has to do with one thing. And in Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, why do you ask me that? 
Why do you ask me that? The one who has the faith can do all things, he replies. If you got faith, you can do all things. And at once, the father cried out, and he said with tears in his eyes, Lord, I have faith. Help my weak faith to be strong. You see, he believed, but he really didn't go all in and believe. You see, in another way to understand this in the Greek version, it says Jesus said to him, if you can pisteo, and pisteo is this word called, it only shows up one time in scriptures, and it's, and it's this moment, if you truly believe, believe is what the word is. Pisteo. All things are possible if you pisteo, Jesus is saying. If you pisteo me, and in tears in his eyes, the father says, Lord, help me with a pisteo, meaning my unbelief. Because I believe anything is possible, but sometimes I just don't believe. I sit here and come to church all the time, and I've, I've gone to church, and I've done all the ritual things, and I still, honestly, if I'm just being honest, I've never gone all in. God, Jesus, help me with my pisteo. And see, what I've learned through this text is, is the Father is like many of us. I've seen so many do it with other circumstances. You think it can be done, but, and you fill in the blank. I've got this, or I've got to go to the doctor for this, or I've got to do this, or I, you, you're, trying to, you're trying to be God. You believe, but it's the aposteo, because you've never seen it done. The father was like, I think I, if, if, if you can do it for my son, but I, I'm just not sure, God. If I get my hopes up, but, but then you, you choose not to, it's, it's going to be really difficult for me, God. And so, so I do know that you can, but I'm still just not sure. And Jesus looks on to him and says, like, do you know who I am, what you're asking for? And it's the same Jesus, it's the same Jesus it was then, it is now for you and your understanding. His, his understanding of how he loves everybody through our imperfect faith is so real in this moment. So now that the Father is like, I, I'm doing the best that I can, help, help me with this aposteo moment in my life. And I guarantee it, there's an aposteo moment right now sitting here. And I believe that's where many of you are today where you are an unbeliever in your life in some category? Where do you need to cry out to Jesus just like this father did? Where can you cry out to the God of the universe and cry out, I posteo you, God. I believe, I believe, and I believe, God, that you can do this. And see, what I've come to believe is, is our faith is based on who God is. Who God is. You see, our faith isn't based on what God does in the immediate moment to a specific request. You see, oftentimes he will do exactly what we're asking him to do and it is utterly amazing and everyone knows because everything changes in the room. If you've been around me long enough, you know that there was a moment in my life a couple years ago that I utterly failed God. And I was sitting in the hospital and as I was sitting there, there was a moment where there was a person who had passed away, and it was a young person. And all I know, the family left, and I'm sitting there, and, and as I'm sitting there, they, were, they, they all gathered their family, and I, I told them I would wait with, 
with their son. And as I was waiting, it was like the spirit of God came over me. And I just said, hey, listen, just walk across the room, put your hand on his, on his feet and tell him to get up. That dude had been dead for over 45 minutes to an hour or something. I, I can't remember exactly. I didn't move. I was like, did, did anybody else say that? It's a dead person. And I, it was like a whisper came in the room again and just whispered, hey, just walk across the room. Just trust me. Just walk across the room. Touch his feet. Tell him to get up. And I didn't do it. Eventually, the, they came and got his body and they took him away. Now, I can't tell you whether or not he would have jumped off all that cart and, and we'd have had a jig going down in that moment. I, I, I can't. I don't know. I think it was more for me just to believe in God. That I would have the faith in the God that I call out to and proclaim that I would walk across the room and in his name. But see, God was what? He heals in his name uh, and, and sometimes he doesn't. But it's up for us to believe that he can do it if he wants to. You see, then there's other times that I, that I might not understand what's going on and he's like, and I'm not going to prove myself right now, just like that moment. Or it, it may be, or may, may, you may know what, what we're, we're this, this, is, this actually could be kind of easy for you, but I'm actually going to, I want to challenge you and I want to do something more, a more eternal moment that's higher than your thoughts and, and it's more challenge, challenging for you to understand. And, you, and it, it may even hurt you right now and make you even question the goodness of God. And, but we have to trust the goodness of God in everything, in those moments, in those hardships. It, what, even though I walk through the what? The shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. We believe. Why? Why? Why a pisteo? Why a pisteo? Because our faith, our faith isn't based on what he does in a moment. Our faith is based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. You see, God who becomes one of us sends his son Jesus to earth to shed his blood that, that our sins would be forgiven and, and raises from the grave and give us that same power. And hundreds of eyewitnesses have recorded these stories and passed them on to us. And as well, the same Holy Spirit is living and active in this room, just like it was then, is now. That's why we believe. You see, when Jesus came to the earth, the highest purpose was not to heal our bodies. It was to save our souls. Think about that. Every person that God ever healed in Scripture eventually died. As well you will. That's why we must believe. Because there's something bigger. There's a bitter, bigger, bigger miracle ready to happen. And there's so much more life ahead of you. And Jesus wants you to experience, or experience a miracle that literally changes everything when he walks into your heart. You see, our faith isn't based on seeing the results of a miracle. Our faith is based on the love of God that sent his son to save us. And the question is for us this morning, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you pasteo? Do you pasteo? It's a great question. 
And I think we all have to answer it. It's up to you. It's your walk, not mine. I get the the privilege of walking with you. But here's what we're going to do. I've invited some friends that I trust deeply that have been praying up. And they're going to come stand in front of this huge stage. And in that moment, we're going to sing a song. And I know that there's somebody in here with an apostale belief. They don't believe. And I also know that there's some, a dark area in your life that you need to believe in to allow that to just to be let go. Or maybe it's a moment of where you need some healing to take place from a situation that took place a long time ago. It could be even something more significant. There's something going on inside of you that nobody knows about yet because you've kept it a secret. The doctor has given you an, a moment of clarity and, and you're just like the only thing left is, is a miracle. And, and maybe you have something wrong with you. Maybe you've been carrying that burden. Maybe it's just been going on. I, I don't know what it is, but I do know this. This morning, until you have the faith to step out. What are you waiting for? What are, you, what are you waiting for God just to... You heard the scripture. He, he doesn't move where there is no faith. A lack of is what it says. I pray that everybody today takes a step forward with a pastel type of faith of I believe he's in the room and I believe great things are going to happen and I believe great things are happening because we are living in the moment of miracles. We just got to have the faith and the eyes to see what he's trying to do through us who believe. And so if those people who I've asked would come on up, we're just going to pray. And we're going to ask for these guys just to be open and willing to pray over you. You can choose any of them. You can choose them all. But we're just going to come to the Father and we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to do some crazy, ridiculous things. And we're going to see pigs fly today in a way that changes people's lives. Now you might want to go straight to the altar and that's fine. And this might be the weirdest thing that you've ever seen. But I hope it's a weird thing in a way that turns your heart back to God in a way that changes your life. And we expect God to do great things starting right now. So Jesus, we pause and we pray and we ask for miracles in a way that changes people's lives. And God, we pray for your favor over our lives for our pasteo, our belief that we just cry out to you and Father, we say we believe, we believe. And that faith begins to move the mountains that we have felt the pressure of our entire life. May there be restoration happening here today. May there be a rescue happening here today. Father, I just pray for your love to be abundant in a way that multiplies through every person in here today. And most importantly, I pray for a miracle. In your name, amen.